The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by a AmomentWithMorris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z.com. I'm Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. We are bringing you the newest episode of the Say Something Podcast. Say some, say some, say something. It's where we get together, talk about everything going on out here in the life and the world out here in these streets. In these cold, cold, cold street heats. Yeah. First Say Something podcast of 2019. 19. We in the building. 18 was good and 19 is going to only be better. Bringing you episode number 74. I thought it was episode number 100, no? Not yet. Uh, We're we're close. We're close. We're close, baby. One step at a time. And so this special episode dedicated, as always, we like to do that. It's important that we tell our own stories, that we celebrate our own people and that we we tell our own narratives and not just let what we want to be said about us that we a moment of black excellence. That's it. Well, we we we, we hoist up our own heroes because we can't expect everybody else to do it because they ain't. They just might not. And so this goes out to to a sister. She's gone on. She's a. Uh, She's passed on to greener pasture. She's one of the ancestors now. She was born in July 1931. Mm-hmm. And uh, she passed in 2017, so recently it's, it's left yeah, us. Okay. And uh, she was a jazz gospel singer. She was an actress. She was also an ordained minister. Mm-hmm. Her father was a uh, steel worker, and her mother was a uh, Native American cook, uh, Cherokee tribe. And as a young girl, she used to sing in the church, like 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 many of us on the come up. Uh, she was she was six six years started singing in the church, and she just really took to it. Like she had a, she had a strong voice, and she was just really really smart. And so by the time she was thirteen, uh, she started singing with uh, Mahalia Jackson's gospel group. Okay, if you don't know who that is for the young folks out there, look up look up Queen Mahalia Jackson. And she's when her mom used to take her to a movie theater, she she could watch a movie in the theater and then come home and reenact the parts. Mm. So like old uh, Joan Collins, Betty Davis, all those movies, she could redo all those lines when she got back home with her mom. Real smart. She went through school. She uh, graduated with top grades at 15 from high school, mm. went on to Wayne University. She was still singing in, in the meanwhile. Her uh, family issues had her drop out of college, so she had to come back home and support the family. But all the while, she was singing all through the 50s and 60s, kind of getting her getting her uh, movement forward and singing with Mahalia Jackson got her a good lead. She was somebody who's noted about uh, she was Oprah before Oprah. So she had her own TV show in 1969. It had 197 episodes. She was the first black woman to guest host the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson uh, in her time and her career. She was in like 30 TV movies, like 30 television series where she had featured on mainstream. They gave her Hollywood Walk of Fame. She's been Image Award, uh, NAACP, Emmy, Grammy nominated, all that. For the greater society, she was most known for her role on TV series called Touched by Angel. Mm. But for us, a lot of us know her when she played uh, opposite Martin Lawrence in A Thin Line Between Love and Hate. Uh, the royal family with Red Fox, but most notably with Richard Pryor, Red Fox, and Eddie Murphy as a Vera in Harlem Nights. Mm-hmm. So show some love, rest in peace to one Miss Della Reese. Yes, yes, Della, Della. She was hilarious in um, Harlem Nights. You gonna learn today. to respect, oh, today. respect me. me. I thought you said we was gonna get our little um, sound effects. We'll work on that later. Okay. Yeah, she was... Uh, Tough. 
Yeah, she was definitely she very was, intelligent woman, very talented. But that was a woman who who was serious about her her business and definitely. and carried herself in a way that just commanded respect. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is so many great moments that you bring out to us in the the moment of black excellence. We appreciate you, brother, because I <laughs> definitely get people telling me like, I never knew that. I never knew that person. I never knew we did that. So continue to bring it on. Yeah, like I said, I think it's important that we we tell our stories and, and hold our folks up, and we can't just sit around saying, "Well, whenever society decides that they want to say, you know, February coming up, Black History yeah. Month, they want this is celebrated. All. These are the five people that yeah. we want y'all to talk about next month, and that's all we're gonna do. <laughs> I mean, and that's what it, yeah. it, it, it becomes that, and it's just, I mean, hopefully, we kind of exist in our own greatness without someone telling us that we're great. And by me saying that, I want to say, Black Panther cast and Black Panther uh, uh, moviegoers, regardless of what the Golden Globes didn't give to y'all, y'all know that y'all winners because that fuckery that just happened, and I don't watch it, I don't, and I don't know why we continue to wait on it, you know, Grammys, Oscars, uh, Golden Globe, whatever yeah. awards that these Europeans want to put in front of us and act as if we're supposed to, you know, be hailed by their glory for their white acceptance or um, their white approval. Um, now we finally made it to the mainstream because now we've got an award that is kind of like saying you're part of the good boy uh, committee. Uh, it's just a travesty. And it continues to be that because, you know, this movie was nominated, I think, for like 12 awards and didn't get anything. So it was like, OK, here we Biggest go again. Biggest movie of the year. Yeah. Just- I mean, yeah. All right. <laughs> so it's just kind of like yeah. a continue to understand what we're saying as we say something and it. Say Something shirts are going to be coming out this year. We promise. I keep on people asking me when you guys will come up with those shirts. We're going to have them. I promise. We're going to, And we're going to give some giveaways. We're just going to give them out for free. Yeah. You know, it's going to be on our chat. But going back to that whole Black Panther thing, it just kind of lines up to a lot of the different things of why we have to control and create our own narrative and, you know, continue to be in our black excellence and, and speak to the moments of it. And it was funny. Somebody on my Facebook said, well, we still have um, the Oscars. So it's kind of like, oh, let's try again. And my thing is like, create your own. We did, and we didn't support it. The uh, Image Awards, the... all, all that stuff. I think those. Do. I think I think those. Uh, the Image Awards. So, but it's not yeah. to the gravitude. Yeah, of, but I mean, we don't celebrate yeah, them that we way. We don't like, celebrate. We'll like sit that. there and say, "Oh, break our necks to be nominated yeah. to the to go to the Grammys." But then all our major stars pass. Yeah. On the BET Awards, Everything. the Image Awards, Everything. all the stuff that we do. You know, our award shows don't lack uh, the prestige as these other award shows, and that becomes, um, to me, the most difficult situation to understand why individuals feel that until white people approve of them they have not made it and that continues to be our achilles heel to wait for white acceptance and you know we're never going to be able to be groundbreaking um individuals or a group if we continue to wait and enslave ourselves just to feel accepted by their European awards, by their European accolades and kind of brush off the things that we create for our own selves. Because if we did that, I mean, you know, we keep the party 
lit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, this conservative ass kind of, and as you watch a lot of these um, award shows, they've become a little bit more hip, more, um, yeah. a little bit more out there because they see that there's a newer trend. But I just hope one day niggas will feel and realize that, you know, our brash ring uh, is not going to be dealing and, and winning an Oscar and, and being told that you were the first black person, the first black person, the first black person. If I hear that shit again, I swear to God, I'm going to scream because that's what you constantly hear in 2019. We're still talking about the first black. That's that's a scary situation. Yeah. Well, as to no award being given for it, but there is a congratulations to be had on on this side uh, to the success of this past weekend. Oh, yes. The, uh, fifth annual uh, for the fifth man. Voice of the Youth. Uh, look good, feel good, do good. Oh, community. man. Let's Pop give up. it up. Shots out to my partner in crime who actually created this idea with me, uh, Destiny Hayes, a.k.a. D. Hayes, from Sister Serving Sack. But, of course, the rest of the team, you know, yourself, um, Passion, Dina, um, uh, Kayla, you got Dana, uh, Gino, you know, and then, of course, our youth squad, the whole team that uh, came together. And this was the first time that actually the whole team um, was a part of this one event, you know, because we've and done it. Somebody who's not quite sure what is the event based around. Basically, it's based around um, a community makeover. You know, we was giving out free haircuts, uh, you know, health exams, um, you know, the beauticians were getting the young women beautified, doing uh, nails, makeup, uh, eyebrows. And the young men, of course, getting haircuts. And then we had uh, a great dance performance, you know, dance competition. We added that and there's different vendors over there, uh, you know, letting people know what's in the community to be able to service them. And it was just a night of fun, free food, um, free gifts, great dance show. My nephew, you know, what I'm saying breaking it down out that way. And it just was something that I embodied the idea of what it could be. But because of. All of the, the recent kind of activities that have happened over the, the weekend of, um, you know, Christmas or after Christmas, it kind of had a lot of Sacramento wanting to say we need to do something for the community. Yeah. And so it was a community pop up that we did and happened to be that one of our major events that we do for Voice of the Youth was this. So we combined that together and it was a home run for sure. Yeah, because there's a lot of, uh, we'll call it congratulations to be had, the success of the Look Good, Feel Good, Do Good community pop-up in Sacramento. But also, uh, we don't even say congratulations because it was a travesty that ever happened to begin with. But acknowledge Thank you, White Jesus. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying thank you, White Jesus, as we're going to do it. Thank you to, to the people who were involved. Thank you to yes. uh, Sean King, who spearheaded mm -hmm. a, a major campaign for her release. Mm -hmm. uh, to Was it well, Sean King that, that he was? He was really big on. on I thought on, it was the people the in um, Tennessee that was really pushing her heavy. Uh, maybe they were the spearhead at the beginning, but his national exposure yeah. is what got more people. He always will get the credit because yeah. he's Sean King. Yeah. And so he. In any event, all those who were involved, because the win is the win. Yeah. And so uh, of a young I did my part. I did my part, too. Yeah. For a young lady who shouldn't have been in that situation to nah. begin with, uh, going to be allowed to come home after serving uh, 15 years for what they deemed as the murder. of. So she actually did 15 years. 15. Yeah. She's 30 now. So... <laughs> Uh, so she gets to come home. Centoya Brown, who was, uh, yeah, 
she was 16 years old where she was more or less sold to a man to be used, abused, prostituted, pretty much do whatever he felt like doing to her. And ultimately, uh, she shot him in the head in his sleep, mm. took uh, guns, money and took the truck and, and, and boned, boned out. Well, when she was when the police caught up with her, they said that this was not a case of self-defense, that this was a a money motivated robbery. Wow. And so they got her for for robbery. We told her she's supposed to do 50 plus years for the murder of this man who had sexually abused her physically, mm. emotionally, spiritually pimped her out, mm. everything that you can think of uh, horrific circumstances that she had to deal with. And, uh, they're finally letting her out. So she's still got to do a little time. She's going to still be in there for, for I think, till August. I think they'll let her out. And then they're attacking attaching, well, attacking and attaching a, a decade of probation. Mm. But I think in her situation, she'll go ahead and take that, that dime of probation to get to come home. Uh, though she shouldn't have probation attached to that because it wasn't a murder situation anyway. But in any event, it's, it's good that she get to come home and try to build somewhat of a life. Oh, she's gonna be good. Well, I'm talking about the that. That's a lot of that's a lot of psychological yeah, work but that's I mean, gonna need to be done. But but the bottom line is, yeah, there's definitely that's, that. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, the, I'm, the, the, and the reality is, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think that in or out, she's gonna have to deal with that. But yeah. the beautiful part about it is that you know because her um, story has been sensationalized. The story has been in the media. There was a whole campaign. Like I said, I did my part by making sure that the little that I could do is to push um, the story on my social media pages and get people activated on our side just to kind of just, you know, campaign the way we need to and the way a lot more people should when things like this happen. Yeah. Um, to say freer, <laughs> right? To, uh, you know, clemency, she deserves that. Uh, looking at the story, I'm still in shock. She did 15 years, like literally. I, I think that I remember looking at a picture of her, and I thought that the story, as I was, you know, looking at it, was that she kind of just recently, you know, what I'm saying, got locked up. But she did 15 years. Yeah, that's just to me. Um, it speaks volumes to our justice system, but it also speaks volumes to the wording and the rhetoric. And the understanding that people have to know that though you and I look at it clearly to say that motherfucker deserved what he got, yeah. the law speaks different. And when the law speaks different, what it does, it literally speaks from a black and white lens. It takes people that are courageous, a prosecutor, a DA, a judge. Uh, this um, place, a governor. Yeah, not only that, but just... Um, know people on the jury to kind of look at it in a perspective of check us out yeah she was getting pimped out there was some other things going on yeah. because just hearing the fact that she was a sex slave right and a sex worker for this this guy this older gentleman would have been already said okay i get it regardless of you know what she took of course she's going to take money how is she going to survive yeah she just shot somebody she's on yeah. the ground so, so yeah, you know of course she's going to take some money and and the simple fact that you know first cuz she earned it you know, whether you want to try to argue if you know she was robbing him she has gotten robbed from her innocence yeah. now let's look at that the volume of 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 consciousness that some people lack is 
She got robbed of her innocence. She got robbed of her youth. So when you talk about a robbery, let's look at the robbery that happened where this young girl can never get those days of being a young girl. I could imagine my daughter being stripped of her youth. So those things that now she has to deal with, just learning how to trust, just learning how to be able to uh, uh, take the love that people are going to give her, yeah. that she's not being able to be, uh, that she's not going to be used to because guess what? Someone that told her they loved her was the abuser. Someone that said he was going to take care of her was the abuser. So now you're going to have every single person in a social media kind of world in your business wanting to get interviews. I say she'll be good because as far as the notoriety, she'll be able to make a bang for a buck. But it also could be a situation like the young brother that got out of Rikers and was in yeah. there for for um, a long term and it was really for nothing how he ended up killing himself because yeah. he could not handle all of the lights cameras and that's action. the stuff i'm talking to because she went from that horrific environment to prison so i mean it is there's it, gonna be a lot of healing that's gonna need to take place and but at least she's gonna be on the right path to start moving in the proper direction and yeah and, and we and we hope that for her because of the, it's a story of triumph. It's, it's really a story of redemption. And it's a story you can build off to help other young girls. We're hoping that psychologically she can stay focused. And there's a lot of great people around her that really can love on her and not just use her for a story, use her for ratings and manipulate her. Because the unfortunate thing about it is that's what people are going to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just this whole world is is about what you're going to do for me and how you're going to make me some money. So hopefully she doesn't fall into that and people kind of take it easy on her and not just want to put a microphone and not want to put a camera and just kind of utilize her as a story of the day. Well, I think that that's important that we, we highlight the people who are involved in really getting her story out and getting her voice heard to help make some change and, and help her come home and start to rebuild her life. Because those uh, external pieces are that's the village and that's what's necessary to to help protect and provide and to be there for each other, because that doesn't always happen. No. And there was another particular situation that was in the news where that blatantly didn't happen. Mm -hmm. What happened down in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, where a young sister was working at a McDonald's and she got into what was could have in most cases would have just been a rude customer complaint call mm -hmm. about an employee worst case scenario turned into a physical altercation mm -hmm. between herself and a gentleman over a straw yeah and uh i'm sure it's all viral you've seen it where the the customer lunges over the counter and grabs hold of her collar and then uh she hit him with that two-piece all Man, the while, a few uh, two pieces. Yeah, she was letting combos. Out. Yeah, she was about to. Tyson. It was it was Floyd. It was McDonald's, but she took in the pop. Muhammad Ali two piece. And I think that that sheds some light on a, somebody you'd like to highlight today. Oh man, the silly Negro of or the silly Negroes of the week are every single black man, black teenager that sat there, watched or videotaped that young lady putting a two-piece on this white guy that was trying to assault her. I watched the video. I was sick to my stomach, knowing that I have my own daughters, knowing that I'm a man in a community that wouldn't even allow it to get to that extent because I would have sat there and took off my McDonald's uniform and I would have got at the guy, regardless if he was white or if he was black. 
and just kind of looking at our society and just watching the video, I saw that the young men were actually trying to pull her off, not tacking or trying to pull the white guy off, but was kind of gradually trying to pull her off as she kept on swinging and the other guy was kind of grab her uh, by the shirt. I was just kind of baffled. And if this is the kind of generation that we have that says that they're about it, about it, that says that they're a little bit more braver than the generation before, that they're going to stand up and step up. This is not standing up, nor is it stepping up. This is standing down and looking like a clown and being a silly ass nigga and being a coward because there should be no reason why a woman, a black woman in this day of 2019 should be sitting there fighting a battle by herself when there are brothers right there. I don't give a damn about your McDonald job. If you have to lose a job, guess what? Carl's Jr. is hiring. Go ahead and help your sister out. I don't give a damn if she did something to you the day before. I don't give a damn if you're sitting there saying, well, I'm paying for some tuition or I need to make sure that I pay for my car note. You can get another fast food job. There's plenty of them and there's plenty of them hiring it and they're popping up everywhere we go. It has to be a point to where black men finally step up and let queens know, sisters know that they are protected. That shit right there was baffling but i wasn't surprised because it happened in florida and all the silly niggas seem to be in florida but shots out to the sister of holding it down and him clown ass cornball ass niggas that sat there and watched it and sat back and just you know allow the sister to do her thing them niggas need to get knocked the fuck out and i'll tell you that on my shift none of that shit's gonna ever happen never will sisters know i'm on my job whether I lose my life or if I take a few blows, I'm not going to allow any person to disrespect the sister without at least saying something. So, our silly niggles of the week are any of the black employee males or black men that were just innocent bystanders watching the event. You are silly niggle of the week. Yeah, because I think that that's a... a, a a trend that we have now because I was talking with somebody about it and they were like, Oh, they, these guys, they, maybe they were afraid to lose their jobs or maybe they were. I, and I said, I said, that might be it. But what I've seen is pattern of behavior because there was another story that came out recently. If you ever saw the video where it was a bunch of people at a bus stop and that this brother walked up on the sister who was sitting there and they got into a verbal argument and he slapped her. And so uh, a dude, a brother who was just there who wasn't involved in it, he stood up for the sister's behalf. And then he was like, he checked himself because this woman's boyfriend was there, still sitting down. So so he goes over to her boyfriend's like, hey, dude, this dude just slapped your woman. Like, you got to fight him now. Yeah, like, yeah. you, you got to step up. And the dude was still sitting there. And the guy almost had to make him stand up. Yeah. And so then the guy's still arguing with his girlfriend, and he slaps her a second time. Cowardly acts. And so the brother who was sitting on the bench, now he stands up, and the guy says, man, you don't want these problems. And the dude more or less kind of kind of dropped his head because he didn't. And I and I think that what we have a generation now is that we have those that are fearful, mm -hmm. uh, and then we have those that it doesn't hit their radar. Like like the dude at the bus stop, he didn't want them problems with that dude. Yeah. So whatever his relationship was with this woman, it wasn't worth the ass whooping. Yeah, and I and, and, and but but the thing about it was at least he said something. Yeah, but I'm sorry. So but the brothers that were in the McDonald's, I think for some of them. We, we have young men and older black men who have a disconnect. It doesn't tug at them. Like if, if a black woman is distressed, if a black woman is being attacked, whether it be verbally or physically, there's not a part of them that feels like I need to do something. 
to me, I wanted to jump into the damn screen. Yeah, and but do I'm saying, something. but that's that we. I think that that's something that I don't think some of them dudes are worried about losing their job. I just don't think they cared. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like I don't think that they they saw it as I need to jump in here and do something. I just don't think that they watched it like they were watching a screen. Yeah. It was a world star video. I mean, definitely. And I think that the the um, more upsetting thing about it was hearing that she got put on leave. Of course, the the guy um, that he got was to, he went to jail that assaulted her went to jail. Which what? Okay, cool. But the simple fact that are you serious, McDonald's? Like this is the reason why we don't need to be at these uh, corporate entities. Uh, conglomerates like McDonald's that are so massive in their empire and we continue to support them and give them money when they don't stand like right then and there you see that that young woman had to defend herself the freaking law went into effect about straws sorry guy if you didn't find out and figure out that this law just kind of went into effect January 1st that's not our problem and yeah. the simple fact that you were going to sit there and make it seem like she didn't know what she was talking about because you know white folks usually look at black people as you're ignorant of course white people always got to be right that's just another step of just the ignorance that gets displayed but the simple fact I will not go ahead and stray the the target. And the targets were especially the young black brother that I saw trying to grab the sister and didn't step in. Then I say, hey, hold up. Didn't do a goddamn thing. And I see that so damn often that it makes me sick. Story. When I went up to the East Coast two times, I was in D.C. and I was in New York. First time, there were some young ladies having a vulgar altercation. Mind you, I had my nephews in the car and had my daughter. I saw that. I pulled around, jumped out the car, told my nephews, let's go. And we approached that guy. Dead in the situation. The sisters had it. Trust me. Yeah. They was about it. They're like, yo, whoop de wop They were talking-ish. And they was ready. But still, my nature, my heart, my idea, my identity could not just allow myself to just laugh, drive by or record it because the sisters had it all in pocket. And that's what some people have said on my social media as I posted this up, calling these Negroes a coward that they need to kill themselves. They were like, well, um, it looked like the sister had it and trying to be jokative about it. I don't give a damn if the sister has it. Go ahead and make sure she's protected. Second situation in New York. Literally, we was driving into Times Square. I saw this dude, Puerto Rican cat, jump out of his car. And this was not even a sister. It was a Puerto Rican young lady. Jumped out of his car. Literally grabs his woman out of the passenger seat. And she's screaming, help out, all this stuff. And I pull over again. Jumped out. Nephews, let's go. And I was like, yo, what's up, dude? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And... She starts talking shit like you ain't gonna hit me now. You're gonna get your ass kicked. And whoop de whoop. Now, I put myself in jeopardy. I put my young people in jeopardy. But in the same sense, I could not have driven by this car with someone saying help, watching a man assault this woman. Now the woman didn't come with us. The woman went back with him, still talking ish. But we calmed down the situation. And then to be honest with you. We didn't know if this guy had anything. He could have pulled out on us right Very then and there easily, yeah. easily. But the reality was it for my own uh, self being of understanding what my procedure as a man is, is to sit there, at least investigate, at least say, hey, you know, hopefully get this guy to, or, or, to understand you're, you're not doing the right thing. I have to intercept the situation because I can't drive, no, drive away or, or walk away knowing that 
it's a possibility that that person could be on the 10 o'clock news after I leave. That's going to fall into my conscience yeah. and to my heart. So it's like men have to be better at one holding their aggressions for women to stepping in in moments. You don't got to be aggressive, but you just got to sometimes be like, hey, bro, just interject. Yourself, just know it's, 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 this ain't cool. But black men, we must do this, especially because our sisters don't feel protected. And so that segues into something that has been uh, posted everywhere. My mind's telling me no. <laughs> the law is telling you no. But my body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but my body. story of one Robert Kelly. Wow! And the 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 accusations that span over three decades. The docu series. The docu series that woke America up. No, excuse me, woke Black America up. Yeah, yeah, yeah because uh, surviving R. Kelly, the Lifetime three night uh, docu series, uh, really just uh, highlighting. Hi- yeah, exposing, highlighting all the the, the different areas of sexual <laughs> misconduct of. Pedophilia, statutory rape, sexual, emotional, physical abuse—all this done on him underage being a sexual predator. Yes, him allegedly underage women as well as grown women uh, over thirty years. Sex cult, and so they—they having a field day out here with Robert Kelly. Oh man, they, it's it's a good old time. And so something that that comes up, you hear different sides. So some real, people real, say, real, real quick, are they going to sing? I believe I can fly anymore. Like you know. Big stages, you think? Okay, well, see, that's a very important point <laughs> because there's a lot of that song and, gets used a lot. So that that's a very important Church part. Churches everywhere, and why I think that this is we talk about how far is this really want to go? There's some people who are crying for the Bill Cosby effect. Ah. They want everything he's touched because you got to remember Bill Cosby. They pulled a different world off of, off of Netflix and a bunch of other shows yeah. that I think he did the entire run of the season. I think of the show he did I think four guest appearances. Mm. On the entire series, but because he was banned. attached to it, they pulled it off of TV. So they're saying we want the Bill Cosby effect. We want everything R. Kelly's touch. Mute him on the radio. Pull his pull his music. Don't go to his concerts. Do all that. Uh, meanwhile, his Spotify numbers have gone up and his in his downloads. Controversy sells. Yeah, and I think there's a twofer for that. I think there's a certain percentage, a younger generation, who does not know R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. And so if you're under 30, R. Kelly doesn't have a lot of relevance to you. Mm-hmm. So I think with this these docuseries becoming so popular that there's people who are actually listening to him to see who is this guy. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that then there's the other group of people. There are folks who still ride with Kels. And, yeah. So there's this like, look, we still stepping in the name of love at the yeah. summertime cookout. Uh, Give me that honey love. Oh, yeah. Happy people still playing at, at the graduation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I still believe I could fly at, 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 at the, the recitals. Man. So you got all this information out. And here's the cold piece. If you're Man. over 35, hmm. none of this is really new information. If you're over 35, you remember hearing about the R. Kelly and the Aaliyah stuff at bare minimum. You've heard about the Aaliyah story and you've heard about him peeing on the underage girl. It, 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 that's bare minimum. And so the running, quote unquote, joke about R. Kelly is him messing around with little girls and all this for years. So now we've got all these people who are enraged, who are excited, who are who are talking all this madness about Kelly need to be killed. He need to be locked up. But in this docuseries shows all the people and all the moving parts that were involved from law enforcement to his management, uh, booking agents, Complicit. touring artists, uh, parents. Friends, all the because he, he he wasn't doing this by himself. He had a lot of moving parts that was keeping this going. So, 
how do we really feel about about Robert Kelly as a whole? We're gonna dive in on this one, huh? Yeah. This how, might, how this, we feel about the Pied Piper? This this like, how we really that, feel? How I we really, really feel, feel about, about the Pied Piper? This might be the show that takes us to the next level because this is really, like you said, a topic that every black person is talking about. No, because there's so many layers to it. Um, it's rooted in things that black people don't often talk about, and that's um, sexual abuse. Yeah. Um, you know, this is one of the reasons why I created um, She Could Be My Daughter, just some of the things that were happening um, maybe three years ago, and, you know, having our sisters not feeling protected. I created this group within the, the Voice of the Youth organization that um, is headed by one of the queens, Queen Dina. Um, and, you know, we've basically done the the conversations that people don't like to have and, and men like us are at that table getting the brunt of it sexual abuse uh uh you know what i'm saying prostitution uh, you know what i'm saying sexual i mean violence uh you know yeah. domestic violence in the black community these things and even the trend of black men killing their spouse you know these things that happen but when you talk about r kelly as 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 deep as this docu-series has gone and it stretches to really make you dislike him, as I've seen a little bit of it, I haven't watched all of it, just kind of seen a little bit, tapped in, that I don't really want to be a part of this trend of like, oh my God, you got to watch it because I don't really feel like I got to watch it because the boondocks gave me enough help. Yeah. Even before in the boondocks, I, I, I had a homegirl, literally, I had a homegirl in Chicago. Shots out to my homegirl, Natalie, Natalie Warren, right? And, um, we had met in Vegas before, you know, I was pursuing her at, at one particular time in my younger days. We're older now, been friends for like ever. Right. And literally before this thing even hit the fan, before the smoke came, I used to talk to her back and forth about different things in California. She used to tell me different things about Chicago and I would ask questions and she would tell me about R. Kelly. Like, literally, I didn't ask for the information. She would yeah. just be like, yo, that dude, R. Kelly, is a pervert. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? She's all, my homegirl used to date him. I'm like, my homegirl? And she said, mind you, my homegirl is, was hella young at the time she dated him. I said, well, like, how old? Like, 16. I'm like, what? R. Kelly? She said, this motherfucker used to drive in his Jeep or one of his cars, like, through the high school, like a kid walking through the aisles of Baskin Robbins looking at the ice cream. You know, kind of figuring out what flavor that he wants. This was before the whole shit hit the fan. And then a year or so later, after her having this conversation with me, here comes the sex tape, the child pornography. It shouldn't even be called a sex tape. It should be called child pornography because that's what exactly what it is. Yeah, now, he was charged with. Now, going into what do we feel? How should we feel? My thing and my sentiments, and it made some folks upset. I say... It took a documentary, a doc series to get you Negroes upset, to get you Negroes ready to ban. I say this is another uh, case of fake black rage. And I say this because I'm not trying to dictate when people should be mad. But I'm trying to say, when are black people going to start catching up with what we see and stop uh, equating what we believe should change our idea about a person because of what a person has done in the past, how that person has entertained us or how he's entertained the world. The only reason why black people gave R. Kelly the pass that he was given 
was one, they probably didn't pay attention to all the heinous acts. Two, they didn't want to pay attention to all the heinous acts. And three, R. Kelly was such a genius music-wise from uh, putting people on, production, writing, all of the endeavors where he was our soundtrack. He was our Marvin Gaye. We expected R. Kelly to be something that we believe we couldn't be in ourselves. And we thought R. Kelly was this noble guy. So we ran with the idea that R. Kelly could never do nothing like that because he's R. Kelly. He don't need to date young girls. He's R. Kelly. Um, Bump and Grind could not have been about young girl because he's R. Kelly. Nah, he said AJ nothing but a number, but he didn't mean it like that. Everybody gave the excuse because you were entertained by R. Kelly and you wanted to believe that R. Kelly was someone different than what he displayed. Because if you look at the lyrics and you listen to the songs, he told us exactly who the fuck he was. We chose not to listen to him. So once again, I think that part of that, I think there's folks who just didn't want to believe because there was 40 year old women who was trying to give it to him. So he's like, he don't need to be worried about those little children because all these women are throwing themselves at him everywhere he goes. But I also think it's a percentage. I said all the time. I said, if you ever want to get back in the good graces when you do something wrong, all you need to do is what people loved you for in the first place. You know, that's why Kobe was trying to beat that rape case on the court. They would want they would talk mess about him in the morning. He dropped 40 that night. They were cheering for him in, in the stables. R. Kelly was getting roasted in the news. Then he dropped that chocolate factory. And when ignition hit, a lot of folks started looking the other way when when all that that negative stuff was talking. I think about. it was before. Wasn't uh, I think that trap the closet was before that. That's when that's when people turned the other way. No, no, no. I'm saying the chocolate factory is when people loved him again. That chocolate factory album. But I'm saying is did trap the, the closet. Did it come before that? After I believe, mm. well, they're pretty close to it. Yeah, because I think because that but closet saying, but, situation. Yeah, but I'm saying was the, 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 the ignition remix was playing in the clubs everywhere. So as much as they were talking about him in the news, I don't know if you remember the clubs back at that time period. Yeah. But but that that Chocolate Factory album, when ignition was playing in the clubs, it was playing on the radio. There was even radio DJs who would make a joke either before or after the song, but the song stayed in heavy rotation. There was everybody that made a joke. Well, everybody what was saying, making a joke about the video, the sex tape. and Yeah, but that's my point. It. So my point is that you got a bunch of people who I don't think that it was necessarily, I don't think that it could be him because he's this guy. I just don't think they cared. For the same way that there was a percent, I just don't think that there's a, I think there's a, a good percentage of the people, it did not hit their radar to care because it wasn't their daughter, it wasn't their sister, it wasn't their mom, it wasn't their auntie, their cousin, it was them people over there that I don't know and it was just another story out there. I, I don't remember great. anybody who was deeply hurt, offended or upset when that sex tape stuff came out or the Aaliyah stuff came I out. I mean, I, I, first of all, I couldn't understand the Aaliyah shit, and I thought that was a joke. I thought it was like not a not necessarily a joke, but I didn't think that it could be real. Like, how the hell are you going? I, I just is like that doesn't make any sense to me. And there wasn't substantial evidence. Now we're living in this social media crazed world where we don't have to worry about media giving the evidence. You can kind of figure out your own thing. I just believe that culturally, I'm gonna be very clear that culturally, this thing that R. Kelly did ain't anything new under the sun the only reason why the outrage is there it's because of r kelly and all of the details of what he has done i believe that if he was just 
effing some young girls and then they have a cult like kind of situation going on that I think that people would kind of, eh, you know, he has a thing for young guns. Keep it moving. Right. If he was giving them flowers, uh, you know, putting them on. I think that more of the abuse, more of the demonic things and stages of how it, it went from one minute, you know, you're 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 telling this young girl, I'm going to help you get a record deal. The next minute, you know, she's sworn in calling you daddy and having to ask you if you can use the phone, um, if she can use the phone and she can eat. So I believe that the culture of what black people have to face is here's the, here's the, here's the thing. A lot of Negroes was doing what R. Kelly was doing when R. Kelly was doing it before everybody knew. Cause I had, when I was growing up, older guys picking up homegirls that I knew or girls I liked from high school yeah. driving in the cars. 22 so, year old. Yeah. Up 15 year like this was just, a, it was just a thing. And when I was living in the Bay area in Marin, there was a group called Sindo and they actually got charged. <laughs> my homegirl, I'm going to say her name because she might be listening to the show. My homegirl actually blew the case open because they was having sex with her and she was 14 years old, but she looked like she was a grown ass woman. So I, so here are these things that culturally, I believe that more folks was doing this. I mean, if you go look at it and do the research, look at Elvis Presley, you know, Jerry, Lee, Jerry Lewis. I mean, there were people that were Marvin doing this. Gay, Mick Jagger, it was, David it was, Bowie. It was cultural norm. The reason why there's now this rush to now convince ourselves that this is just a a demonic situation is because social media now has a display to sit there and destroy a person that thinks anything different than what Johnny Public is saying. Johnny Public, the Me Too movement is saying R. Kelly is a piece of shit. If you think any differently, you're a piece of shit too. But here's what I'm saying. I've already felt R. Kelly was a piece of shit because you didn't have to tell me, okay, Barry, come watch this video. I looked at that shit. Are you serious? Man, get the shit out of my face because that wasn't me. But the complicit bias that folks run around with and pretend like, ah, you know what? Now I'm going to be uh, uh, the hero of the day because I'm going to out him. Where were all these people at when we knew what it was, but still were going ahead buying tickets to the Thunder Valley? Where were those people at when BET sat there and gave this motherfucker like a lifetime achievement award? Where were all these parents at talking to their, their story and making sure that folks really knew what was going on? I stopped fucking with R. Kelly when I saw that, okay, that nigga got some issues because I heard about the young girls. And on top of that, my homegirl told me. So I'm telling people my story. But here's the reality of where we were before social media hit. If you're going out talking bad about somebody, where's the receipts? No one's going to believe you because they're going to believe the image of that person is bigger than what you're saying that person might have done. Maybe. And I think that there's a percentage of people that applies to. But like I said, I think there's a percentage that don't care. No. And, no here why. No. Here's why. No. Because we have people who sit around and sing along the songs like Rick James. When she turns 14, I'll be waiting. Though it doesn't hit their radar. You got Belle Bib DeVoe backstage. Underage. underage adolescent. adolescent. How you doing? Fine. Doesn't, she reply. Uh, doesn't uh, hit our radar. You had, it hit my radar. No, no, I'm talking, but I'm talking about we, we, not an individual. It's culture, brother. But, but, it was but, the culture. But what I'm saying, that's my point. So if you But that doesn't a, mean that you don't care. No, what I'm talking about caring means the sense that it hits your spirit enough to where you're like, this is wrong and want to do something about it. Because nobody made a, a, nobody was squawking when Juan Ye from Boys to Men was with Brandy when she was underage. 
He was in. He was in his yeah, early twenties. Yeah, but 20s, you have to remember the she difference. Was a month. And I and that's why I sat there and said, "Hold on, real quick." The difference is because there was a culture that's my of point. that. But that doesn't mean that you didn't care. The reason why people are creating this movement now is because women were abused. Abused. Women were being held um, um, on against their own will. Things started happening, and when you're being charged with 14 counts of sexual misbehavior, and for the people that said he got acquitted, we all know our judge, uh, our justice system is corrupt. And listen, he got tried in Chicago six years after the fact, so stop it. You know what I'm saying? So let's not talk about justice system. They let OJ go, and we all know OJ had something to do with Nicole's murder, oh, allegedly. But now, going back to R. Kelly, that does not say that people didn't care. I believe that it was just a cultural thing. Folks wasn't tripping because it was like it was societal norm. That's my point. When I say that doesn't mean they don't care. Then hear what I'm saying. I'm saying if but you're saying they don't care. No, hear what I'm saying. If I say they don't care, it means in the sense of I hear this, I see this. It doesn't hit me saying this is wrong because of your point. It's culture. I see this everywhere. I hear this all the time. To see an older man with a younger girl, I may look at it like, eh. But it's not outrage. It's not. I'm not screaming at the screen. I'm not get this evil person. For because almost everybody did it. But that's my point. That's what I'm saying. Why I, when they say don't care, it's one of those things of where. Nah, that's it. When you, when you say you don't care, that means like I know that it's wrong. I don't give a fuck about. it. I'm not going to do anything about it. No, don't. People care. didn't think that no, it was wrong. No, 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 no. People don't didn't care think is indifference. Nah, that's that's what don't care means. Nah, that's what that's what folks will be with the way you're breaking it down. Is one way, but how folks would look at it is solely different. They would look at it as I don't care, like I know it's wrong, but I'm gonna still do it anyway. No, I'm saying don't care how the words what the words mean. It, it, it's an indifference to what they're seeing in front of them. But you're saying the word, I get that, I hear it. But what I'm saying is that if that was the case, then folks would have reacted like that. Folks won't look at it of don't care like that. Folks will see it a total different way, even though the definition is exactly what, what, what I'm it saying is. is they didn't care that Elvis was with Priscilla when she was underage. Cultural norm. No, but what I'm saying, that's the point. They don't care. It, it wasn't one of those, she's young, eh. I, there was no outrage because it was it was common. So it was like, okay, people didn't care when Mick Jagger was with young girls. They didn't care when Steven Tyler was with young girls. They didn't care when Marvin Gaye was with a young girl. They didn't care when it was one of those things of like, okay, famous singer, she's young, whatever. That's what I mean by don't care. So if you see something in the same way that we saw 15 year olds who had 21 year olds who were waiting in front of the high school, there wasn't this whole pedophile point him out screaming, what's this old dude being here? More people were salty that he's the one that's getting her while we on our way over to the bus. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't I, I I hear what you're saying, but I look at it as it was culture. I don't look at it as of, of, on a sense of. I don't care because of A, B, and C. I look at it was cultural norm. Society has moved in a different direction. Society is now opening up things that before we were just kind of like, this just was what it was. Like, so basically, if I was dating a, a, a 16 year old and I was an 18 year old, we're both in high school, like, people are going to call me R. Kelly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, 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 and my thing it was like, well, that's what we just did. It wasn't a, a big deal. 
It wasn't like, oh my God, she's 16. It was just like, oh shit, everybody's dating. Okay, so we're saying the same thing. Freshman. I think you may not like the term don't care, but, but we're I saying the same thing. But I hear what you're saying, but I mean, in the terms of don't care, it's kind of like people just turned a blind eye to someone being raped. And I don't believe that they did that. They just did. Folks, really, to be honest with you, the reason why people are so kind of in their feelings about this whole R. Kelly thing is that they accepted the fact that he was having sex with some young girls, but they didn't understand the volume and how deep the scars were from the women and what he was doing. Not only was this Negro married, but this Negro was holding young women against their own will. I get that. I'm saying if everybody had the information then that they do now, I think the, re the response would have been different. I'm saying just the idea of seeing older men with underage girls was not a radar hit for a lot of people. Not at all. It wasn't something that's what I'm referring to saying don't care. But there's there's people out there now who are doing the fake I care. And a good example of fake black rage. Well, and not just black, but but the, but the fake point of care and a good example of you had artists who were coming out. You got like John Legend Fuck coming up, but, but here's why this is important. So you had him coming out, voicing his opinion. Then you had other artists like Tank, uh, artists Charlemagne like God. Uh, well, I'm, the ones that I'm going to specifically and to show why there's not as much care. So you had a, a now, now, now you now when you say don't care on them guys, I'm gonna tell you be with you a hundred. So I. Okay, so, piece. so yes. artists, so you had artist Omarion. He was in the group B2K, <clears throat> all that. So here's a big thing. Omarion said something? Yes, this is my point. So uh, they're having, they used to have this scream tour once upon a time. Uh, B2K, Mario, Bow Wow. Yeah. If a particular bracket, it was a big tour. If you're a little huge. older, you're like, well, I don't care about none of them. Right. But there was a huge tour. Right. It was a really big deal. So they're all going out together again now. Yeah. And so uh, Omarion spoke out, spoke out talking about this R. Kelly stuff. And he's like, you know what? I think it's wrong. And, and we stand by all the women who, who are hurt uh, and we're going out on tour. But we know our fans would be upset if we don't do all our hits. So after this tour, we're not going to do any of the songs done by R. Kelly. That because because R. Kelly wrote their biggest hits. And so this is why I talk about when you talk about what, where folks care, where they don't care, because if people want the Bill Cosby effect, this is just something to run down. If you want everything R. Kelly touched and you want it done, if you really care, like if you're really mad, if you're really in your feelings, if you really like everything this man ever did needs to go. R. Kelly wrote songs for Aaliyah, Ty Dolla Sign, Beanie Siegel, Changing Faces, Maxwell, Nick Cannon, Tony Braxton, Bryson Tiller, Casey and JoJo, Joe, Britney Spears, Tamia, Destiny's Child, Michael Jackson, B2K, Chris Brown, Usher, Black, the Isley Brothers, Celine Dion, Charlie Wilson, Genuine, Jennifer Hudson. Do you want everything that this man has touched to go away today? Are you willing to do that? I don't think these folks are. And that's why he was able to move around with immunity. That's what, And I think they're still that way. And it, it, yeah, the industry and Johnny Public are two different things, right? The industry has secrets upon secrets that we're now finding out re it's being revealed because really you can't hide nothing on social media. If a person feels some way about you, instead of them sending you letters, instead of them trying to call you a hundred times, they'll be like, you know what? I'll just go on social media yeah. and blast you out. So airing out the dirty laundry is something that people do more often than needs to be. Now, in that sin case, with an industry full of skeletons and snakes and all type of other demonic behavior, how can I call this man out or 
this woman out when I got my own skeletons in my own yeah. closet. Yeah. So this is the reason why he was able. And then, of course, when you have the law system that says, well, shoot, 14 counts, none of this shit. He got convicted of none of it. We take the value of entertainment and hoping that Johnny Public won't find out the truth. The unfortunate thing about the downside of social media, now anyone can be an advocate, anyone can be a reporter, and if you got some dirt, anyone can expose you. And even if it's a lie, the lie is more entertaining than the truth. The unfortunate part about R. Kelly in this now Me Too movement, no matter if there was consensual sex with a majority of these women. The three or two women that are saying this is what happened with me when I was with R. Kelly negates any kind of other situation that R. Kelly got because the folks have already basically said, R. Kelly, this is who we believe you are. R. Kelly, this is what you've always been. And now you got folks who are waiting in the in, in the walk of this whole situation that don't want to be put in the burning house that is R. Kelly and staying the fuck away from him because it took a documentary, it took a docu-series to kind of interpret what a lot of us who was already hearing the information understood. So no one wants to be attached to R. Kelly. So you're going to see a lot more people fade away. But Basically, well, I, it's all a one big gang, and almost all these folks got their hands dirty somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I'm not referring to the artists, so I'm referring to Johnny Public, the ones who were sitting there saying that I want all his music pulled, I want everything that he did gone. This man needs to go away. Nobody buy another ticket. Nobody go to another show. I think, I think, with, I think that again with that Johnny Public now. They're talking more of that that instrument now. They're playing a violin, but before the documentary came, Niggles wasn't charged up like this. No, that's what I'm talking now, about right now today. For all the people who got a full tank, talking about we need to get rid of everything Kells. Are you willing to get rid of everything Kells? You're gonna get your, 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 the, them songs that you like that you didn't even know he wrote. Your closet's gonna be cleaned. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Or, 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 your, your music closet's gonna be cleaned. Your, your iTunes is about to be about to really good, take a major hit. For sure. You about to delete everything that he had involvement in. You and, know? And, and, and you know what? And, and in the theory of this, if people would just take away the artist from the person in real life, I think that you could kind of move and love what you love behind closed doors. I don't want to personally hear Step in the Name of Love in any place I go. Every time someone puts on R. Kelly, I look at them and be like, what are you doing? Turn that bullshit off every time. But if you want to listen to it in your own confines of your home, do as you may. I think that when you fall in love with these celebrities, the idea of these celebrities being so perfect and being everything that you think you should be, but you can't be, but you really can strive to be. It takes people away from, you know, that person, just a great genius at this kind of music, but he's a shitty person in life. Yeah, he's so, good at his job. Yeah. So stop. You know, trying to equate both of them as if they're the product of something that you imagine in your own mind when in reality is that you don't know this person. You just know the music, not the person. But with R. Kelly's music, we was getting to know the person. We just a lot of us believe just like when you listen to Frank Ocean, when you're hearing those songs, you're believing that it's a woman. But it was actually a guy he was talking about. Yeah. And, and like I said, there's a lot of people out there who, you know. Like something that was said about this, they said, why is R. Kelly not in jail? 
and some woman had posted something which I thought was very profound. And for and there's a lot of black women who feel this way. They said the reason why R. Kelly is not in jail is because he had enough sense to only abuse black women. Oh, most definitely. But I'm saying I think that there's something very deep to that. Bill Cosby is in prison right now right. for the for the one white woman. <laughs> white woman. For the one white woman. That's it. They all them sixty whatever that came out, all that talking. Remove 59 of them. He's in, prison. He's in prison right now for that one white woman. O.J. Simpson went to jail. O.J. did nine years for that white woman that exactly. he got off from killing. Exactly. Not not the dude he stuck up in the hotel room. If you want to get away with any uh, you know act of, of, of terror in America, attack a black woman, and you will be able to walk free like a whistle and no one will even uh, bat an eye because the fact that we're sitting here talking about R. Kelly in 2019 – and people really rolled that wave from the Jay-Z's of the world. And because, you know, he ain't off the hook either. Because guess what? After, uh, uh, you know, Jay-Z, uh, because this is what happened. When Jay-Z and him did the album, the, all the stuff hit the fan. Yeah. And then they kind of waited. And they did another album. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, okay, well, we can say that he's vindicated. And anybody, here's the thing. Don't play me like I'm dumb by saying that was my brother in the video. Like after you say something like that, you're basically a lying piece of crap, right? But because all Negroes was doing some old type of shit, had a little young piece somewhere in their archive. And I'm sure people are like shaking in their boots, paying as much as they need to pay to make sure that person stays quiet. You have now everybody wanting to be vindicated, saying that R. Kelly is this, R. Kelly is that. But everyone in the industry, as including people in Johnny Public, was entertained and okay with R. Kelly because now you want to utilize the fact that the justice system vindicated him. But we all know if we're talking about the justice system that never vindicates black people, you have to understand R. Kelly is worth a lot more outside doing the work that you just listed than he is being in jail so yeah. what do you think is going to end up happening and then you look at that jay-z situation that was that was that album was a major jump off to the fall of rockefeller between yeah. dame and, and jay you know what before you go into that but it's so funny because i listened to that dame dash interview right but then i looked at remember the fiesta song yeah. And I saw the video. I'm like, well, Dame said he didn't want to have anything to do with R. Kelly, but he was still in the video. And even though the allegations didn't come out, you were still dating Aaliyah and you knew he well, was who he was. Well, my point going into that is that if you say, why would somebody like Jay be linked to that? His issue with R. Kelly was not R. Kelly's behavior, because people forget that Jay-Z was 27. Was he with 15 year old Foxy Brown? Is that is that true, true? Or is it still is it kind of like rumor, rumor? Um. Let's just go ahead and say that more likely than not. I mean, I believe. And so, uh, allegations, allegations, but I believe that it. I, I, I think off. it's more likely than not. And so, it, it, when you look at a certain behavior and it doesn't hit your radar as wrong as some people think it should, you know what I mean? When you well, can see the dollar sign, eh, we'll weed yeah. that out. Well, but, here's the thing about it also with Jay Z. I remember him talking about. He was looking at the young Beyonce plotting on when she got legal. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, okay. And groomed her up and waited yeah. until she was 21 yeah. before he like went official. Yeah. official. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like that's it's not coincidence that them two linked up to do to do a, a tour. Something that I thought was funny is that uh, R. Kelly's birthday's tomorrow, but he shares his birthday with Elvis Presley and David Bowie. Get the freak Two out dudes of who both had good music in their yes. respective musical quote unquote genius, depending on if you like, if you get down with their genre, but also linked to underage girls. 
And boys, if you out there, watch out for them January eighth, baby. Yeah, it's it's just it's just um, a society that I'm happy has woken up. So I'm I'm, I'm thankful for it. I, I believe that a lot of this is happening. It's kind of gun on gun unchecked, and it's kind of been a norm. And that's what you know for folks that we're not saying. And I think that we might have to go into a second part of this because there's other stuff we have to kind of unload about all the people that kind of stood around, like from the when I read, listened to the, some of the the um, doc about sparkle how she brought the actual girl that was in the video yeah, her was niece. her niece right yeah. but then at the same particular time you know folks not saying enough and actually in his wife like how his wife is still holds the name of kelly like you know it's just it's just different realms but this is not taking away from the victims and the victims are the ones that we need to kind of focus on because any young impressionable girl for those who are sitting there saying, well, these bitches knew what they was doing. One, you got to think about it. It's up to us men to sit there and say, eh, you know what? Let me pass on that. Because what do you think a 14 or 15 year old girl who's an ooh-ah of this superstar who wants to be like, oh my God, I'm dating with R. Kelly. Oh my God, this, that. I'm. I, what do you think they're going to do? They're not even, their brains haven't articulated what is right and what is wrong. They haven't even matured enough to understand the volume of what they're getting themselves into. Of course, they're going to go and kind of just be swayed by the the, the, the swag, be swayed by the idea. That doesn't mean that for us men, it is right. So for Negroes sitting there saying that these women knew and they had consent, okay, all good. But it's us to us. It's up to us men to sit there and say, baby girl, age is a lot more different than just saying AJ nothing but a number. It is something and you're not ready. Let me get to you when you mature, live a little bit, and you could do the shit the right way. Yeah. Would you let a twelve year old drive your car? No. No. Would you let a ten year old hold your firearm that's loaded? No. Would you give all empty out all the money in your bank account and let a thirteen year old take it with them to school? No. All these things are great ideas that children come up with, but the onus is on the adult exactly. to make the responsible decision. So it, it doesn't matter if she's 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. She's throwing it at you. Yeah. She's doing all these things that, that make you think, oh, no, she's a willing participant in this little adventure. The onus is on you, the adult. Yeah. The same way that a 12-year-old, be, man, I can drive. Yeah. Come on, let me get the keys. Yeah. Let me do all that. You're like, no. Let, let me get this. No, no, because you're the adult and you do the responsible thing. And here's a sidebar to that, too. If you're a grown ass man, that doesn't that she wanted it. She was this and that nah, man. only matters if you're attracted to children. Yeah, because if you're like, like if, how you even get into that like conversation? A 21 year old is young to me. When yeah. I see a 21 year old, I'm like, yeah. child, please. Yeah. Like, sure. like, and, and she's grown legal adult. 21 year olds are, are, like, are like kids to me. So, because I'm not into children. Nah. And for these dudes who are 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, mm. 32, and in this Negro's case, 48, mm. when he had a teenage girlfriend, mm. uh, that's Wild not. Shit. Yeah, that, that's, that's not. Her, she was throwing it. She was nah, this and that. That's on. That's you. a pursuit. That's a pursuit. That's on you. And I think that I know there are a bunch of layers to get into, and yeah, all the people who, who are all involved. We might have to do a mini series on this shit because yeah. there's so many different things. Because I want to tap in on how Negroes who are now chanting, chanting, Kit R. Kelly, get R. Kelly, were hosting up Hugh Hefner when Hugh Hefner died. 
You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. There's so many different layers to this situation that are still watching Woody Allen movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's so many different layers. There's not a layer of, um, you know, this is a plan. Guess what? What black people have to understand in America, it's always a plan if you got money and millions and you got power and access to take you down. Don't give them the tools to do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So this is R. Kelly's mistake that he continued to be in the public eye like an OJ that you like a Bill Cosby that you kind of wanted this thing to eventually end up and blowing up in your face. And the last piece I want to sit there and say with all of this stuff going on, he was married with three kids. Where the fuck was his wife at? Reaping the benefits of the money that he was bringing home. Because like, where is your wife at? So so. Forgive me for feeling a little bit like ah, the broads are kind of an opportunist because at the end of the day, I do understand you might have been getting abused. I do understand there were certain things, you know, you, you, you wanted it probably for the best benefit of the kids. But sometimes you got to step out of that. All that I'm getting this and well, it's not that bad. Oh, maybe I should step out of that and come forth. Don't come forth when everybody else is coming forth and and own up to the shit that you did, because I just can't believe that she just stood there and just shocked and didn't participate in the fuckery unless R. Kelly is a smooth criminal and had this whole exotic lifestyle outside of his wife knowing anything. Yeah, he, he there was a lot of layers to all the people who were involved from all the people who were involved with the label. The tour buses, the, the the family. You had the woman who was who said she would participated in a threesome with the minor. You had the people who said that they witnessed, you know, sex on the tour bus with the minor. You've got like all this stuff. Come, like, why didn't all this stuff come out after the trial? Like, why wasn't people going to the radio saying, "Here's the real truth." Nobody came out. People were paid. And in this area of social media where instant gratification is the norm, where everybody wants to become an instant celebrity through likes, shares and how the information gets generated and getting interviews. It's almost as if people forgot their morality. And now that they have a spotlight, they're like, well, I'm going to go ahead and do the right thing. Yeah. Well, back then he was touring more. So. So money slowed up. Is that what you're saying? Uh, that's, a, that's a big, huge part of it. So, <laughs> so, he was touring more. That's that's the, that's the biggest. Well, yeah, this is what happens when, when you more, can't when you can't keep paying your people. They don't stay in line. I right? think what it is is that they uh, aged out. You know, you start talking about security. You start talking about the girls around. You start talking Man. about backup dancers. They aged out. Man. They were no longer on the payroll. And they need uh, that check. And then yeah. And so when you have all these moving parts and you have all these people who were involved. First and foremost, there is absolutely positively nothing wrong with coming after the head of the snake. If you want to sit there and start everything begins and ends with Robert Kelly, by all means, go after him wholeheartedly if that is so what you truly feel. But I would ask is if that's what you truly feel, because it's real easy to say to get caught up in the moment, to get caught up in the rhetoric and what's on social media and TV and say that this is it. Jump but, on the bandwagon. but then when it comes time to make some real world choices like Omarion. I'm still going to do my R. Kelly song because that's my biggest hit. Uh, I'm I'm still going to go this because I, I already got my tickets. Like people who still uh, ran to concerts before uh, this whole shit hit the fan. Yeah. And there are people who already bought tickets for future concerts. That's part of the weekend. I mean, I, I, I already spent the money. And so if you're not really on it, then I would do you might want to do some personal uh, reflection before you really get up on it like that. For and for all the people that were involved, go after Kelly by all means. But all these other folks, 
All the backup dancers, the security guards, the booking agents, the the the, the singers, the the I did artist management marketing for recording artists. I had artists that I work with who I didn't ask how he made his money because I never wanted to have to have a conversation exactly. with somebody about how he made it, though. I know how he made his yeah, money. Yeah. You can't be that involved with an artist and not know what they do because exactly. you have to be accountable for where they are and how to reach them and where they're at. So the fact is that all these people who are now trying to get on the right side of history before all of this stuff comes down, uh, please believe uh, the best thing I've heard when they talk about Bill Cosby and this Me Too, no, y'all too. Yeah. Cause yeah, just cause, just cause, just cause, just cause you confessing now yeah. don't mean that y'all two shouldn't be joining exactly. in when, when it comes to, to, to court time. It, These are real deep subjects that we got to get into a lot of layers within the community who are not just celebrities, who are not just stars. There's an uncle Robert in every family. There's an uncle Robert in every community. There's an uncle Robert, you know, at the, the back room at grandma's house that ain't supposed to be left around by the kids by themselves, but he's always a great singer around Christmas time when they get to Carolyn. You know, we got to bring all these folks before the light. We have to address all these things and really address the healing process that needs to happen with the victims that are that fall victim to this stuff. The ones who are abused, the mental, physical, emotional, sexual, that's going to be stuff that they're going to deal with forever long after the music stops. And this is stuff that we have to make sure that we're diligent about, that we are consistent about, that we do something about and definitely say something about. Yeah. Last piece I want to say on this is um, deadbeat fathers. I don't want to hear your shit. I don't want to hear you talking about this. I don't want to hear you bringing this up. I don't want to you have an opinion about this shit. Stay the fuck down. Shut your mouth and take care of your child. You help create the breeding ground for this exactly. type of behavior. I mean, you know, that's 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 the kind of thing about Negroes who are on that bullshit. I don't even hear it. Don't speak it. Just leave it alone before skeletons come out. This has been the Say Something Podcast. Barry Axius, Facebook, Barry Axius, Twitter, at Team Voy, as well as Black Blueprints. Dot com, Black Blueprints with a Z. Dot com. I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at J Morris CEO. This has been the Say Something Podcast. I think we're going to have to come with a part two. Are you going to watch all of it, the docuseries? I, I, I've been caught up on the highlights, but I have to get, set some time aside. Like, let's, I think we might need to unpack it. Maybe bring some women to get their perspective on it. We can break stuff. into that stuff. No doubt. It's been the Say Something Podcast. And until next show, yes, sir. we will holler at you later. Peace.